This is the Ruck Infringement Podcast with Joey Alchin. Legends, welcome back to another episode of the Ruck Infringement Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joey, and this week I have the pleasure of being joined by some of my closest friends. Let's start off with Craig. Craig, how you going, buddy? Good, thanks, mate. That's good. You're recovering from uh, your latest sickness? I am. I am COVID, second time round, but uh, doing well, thanks. Oh, well, that's good. We're glad to hear it. We got Luke. Luke, how are you, mate? Welcome back. Good, mate. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for inviting me back, actually. <laughs> Always a pleasure, mate. And last but certainly not least, the boys, we've got Caden and DK. Caden, how you going, buddy? Good, how are you, John? Yeah, I'm good, mate. And DK? Hey, mate. How are you? Oh, mate, always good. Better when I see you. All right, let's get straight into it, boys. Now, our first thing was a little cricket update, the two ODIs that have been so far. Luke, do you want to take us through the first ODI and the second ODI? All right, game one, Aussies all out for 188. Mitch Marsh with a 81 of 65 deliveries. Inglis, 26 off 27. We had Head, Maxwell, Stoinis, Abbott, Stark, and Zampa all score less than 10 runs. We also lost five wickets for 14 runs. <laughs> India with the ball. Shami got three for 17 off six. Siraj, three for 29 off 5.4. And Jadeja, two for 46 off nine. So the wickets were quite spread out across the bowlers. Yeah. And then India come out with the bat, 5 for 191. KL Rahul got 75 not out of 91 deliveries. Jajaja, 45 not out of 69 deliveries. Again, showing what the Indian tails can do. Um, Australia with the ball. Starkey, 3 for 49 off 9 at 0.5. Stoinis, 2 for 27 off 7. And Abbott, uh, none for 31 off 9, putting in a, a decent 9 overs there. Uh, King Coley, I had noted down, got out for four <laughs> runs. I always love it when he gets out. Second game, India bat first, uh, all out for 117. Coley redeeming himself slightly, 31 off 35 deliveries. And Patel, 29 not out of 29 deliveries. Gil, Yadav, Rahul, Pandya, Kuldeep Yadav, and Shami all out for less than 10 runs. And Ooh. we got managed to get two of their golden ducks and two ducks. So four batters not scoring a single run. With the ball, Starkey, five for 53 off eight overs in incredible innings with the ball. Abbott coming back, putting in another excellent stint, three for 23 off six. And Nathan Ellis, two for 13 off five. So I thought he was pretty well, did pretty well in there. Yeah, he said um, Yeah, yeah. 100%. And with the bat, Australia doing it none for 121. Mitchie Marsh, 66 undefeated off 36 deliveries. Travis Head, 51 off 30 deliveries. Good to see Travis Head scoring a couple of runs and yep. shutting the media up a little bit. India using five bowlers in this innings. Shami, none for 29 off three. Siraj, none for 37 off three. Patel, none for 25 off three. Pandya, none for 18 off one. And Kuldeep Yadav, none for 12 off one. So you can definitely tell that they've just chucked on two random bowlers mm. who thought they could get the wickets. And Mitchy Marsh said, get off. <laughs> <laughs> he really oh. said, go away. <laughs> Mate, he's been he's been batting so well. And he yeah. said it, though, before, before the ODI started, he actually came out and said, I'm going to come and score runs. 
hundred percent. So, and he's doing it again. We're yeah. playing right now. He is. Hold on. The scores just disappeared on me. He is forty not out of thirty nine deliveries. Yeah. Wow. And he's yeah. He's just he's just blocked. It looks like Patel having a go. A block. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, uh, he's defending. He's forty <laughs> off forty. He's still striking at hundred. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Luke. We always appreciate a cricket update there. Let's get straight into some rugby league. All right, let's look at round three. We go back to Thursday night. It was the Sea Eagles against the Eels. Hayden, we'll start with you, mate. Uh, Mate, Manly, 64 points in the game. Take us through it. It was the scariest moment of my life. I can tell you now, like, DK and I were on our tippy toes, biting our nails. You know, I thought we had a great first half. Um, but you know, Parramatta coming back, um, in the last like 10 minutes, was it? And then having like back and forth tries in the second half, very scary. But we just got the job done by the littlest bit. Like, Man, thank you. I mean, well, I mean, that's but... that, that's all you need in the end, isn't it? You only need to win by one point, two point, three point, four point. So, yeah, great to yeah, see. We definitely nearly cough that up, yeah. Um, I mean, definitely at time, like at times, we were the better squad. But mm-hmm. for a majority of that game, it was very, very close and tight indeed. And Parramatta probably deserved it more than us and just got unlucky. The one um, thing I wanted to ask you boys about was Joshy Schuster, uh, back for Manly and in the number six jersey. I thought he had some really good touches. I thought fewer uh, had a couple of try assists in there as well. Do you think that that's his spot moving forward, or should he move back to the back row? So, Caden's not a fan. <laughs> well, like, I think he did really well. Straining up into a line, you know, defense. Yeah. Like, really well. But, you know, just a few things that I've seen out of him that game, I think he could improve a little bit better. Mm. Um, like, other than saying, you know, Cooper Johns, um, you know, I think he would be a great number six. He could be the, like, I feel like he should be the number six. Yeah. Yeah, this year. I mean, you sign sign a player of Cooper John's calibre and then you're only going to play him during injuries. I don't really understand that. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, but I feel like it'd be a disadvantage for us in a way. It's like Cooper's got so much talent in him and they want to, like, Cooper wants to show up, but, you know, Seabolt's not going to give him a chance. Yeah, that's it. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it sucks, but, you know, Schuster's doing a good job at the moment, but, you know, we'll see how he goes, you know, this round and see if he can pull off some tricks and stuff. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was a good win for your lads. Craig, I want to jump to you quickly, mate. I want to talk about this Parramatta team. Now, uh, 0-3 at the moment, heading into round four, which is scary prospect, coming up against a Penrith team off the bye as well. But the last time we saw a start like this, I saw during the week, I think it was 2009, and they ended up with the wooden spoon. Do you think they could be heading that way again? They've lost a few players. <clears throat> if they were losing to teams like the Tigers, teams lower down the ladder last year, then I think there'd be reason for concern. But, I, yeah, they've been close in every single game, and they could have won every single game. They, yeah. A bit of luck their way. They, they could be three from three. So, no, I think they'll come away with the win this week. So, I think oh. the, the talk... 
the, the talk around Moses and his contract is now hearing the wristers could be involved. Always, he's got to sort always. the contract, put the noise to bed. Yeah, that sombrero is getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> but uh, and Ryan Madison, you know, hindsight, he should have should have taken the should have taken the fine. It's it, so, it was a, it was a weird decision, wasn't it? I mean, who takes a three match ban over a fine? I I do not understand that one bit. Just to, sorry to interrupt quickly. Yeah. Just enough yeah. question for you. Luke Keery or Mitch Moses, who do you want? Uh, I think the way it's going with Keery and the head knocks he's had, I, I I personally said at the beginning of this year that I thought he would medically retire if he had two more head knocks. Now, he's had one this year, and he's now wearing headgear as well. And I think if he gets another, we're going to see along the lines of what Boyd Cordner and Jake Friend did at the Roosters, where they both had to medically retire due to concussion. Um, but the talk today is Trent Robertson came out and said that they haven't even talked about Mitch Moses one bit. So it's all rumours. I mean, look, we'll take him if, if Kiri does <laughs> retire. We're, we're, we're happy to have him, you know. We're not going to say no. Uh, the rest of the comp, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll have him and Nathan Cleary alongside each other. We'll move Sammy Walker on too. But, yeah, the talk today is that Robinson said, haven't even talked about Mitchie Moses. Uh, you know, he's a great player, but yeah, not even on the radar at the moment. So just watch your space. It all depends on Kiri, but great question, mate. And Luke, do you have some stats for us, buddy? <laughs> oh, I do. Before I do, I would just like to say Steve Smith, he got out for a three ball duck and it oh. took Warner three balls to get his first run. He is one off three. <laughs> and going into the back into the football, Manly 34, Eels 30. Six tries each, Turbo and uh, Olakatua scoring doubles for Manly, yep. Gutho and Sivo scoring doubles for Parramatta. Uh, conversions, Manly had four from six and one penalty goal. Eels only had three from their six. Possession-wise, Manly had 49%, Eels had 51 Wow. There were no ruck infringements from either team. Both teams had seven penalties and both teams had 14 errors. <laughs> yeah, Turbo for Manly, 21 runs, 204 metres, 51 post-contact metres. Jake Travojevic, 14 runs, 148 metres, <laughs> 49 post-contact metres. And Tanila Pasaka, 12 runs, 151 metres, 70 post-contact. Nice. Defensively for Manly, Sean Kepi making 27 tackles, missing none. Kalmachua, oh, like <laughs> uh, 27 tackles, and he missed two. And also Jake Travojevic, 35 tackles, only missing the one. Oh, <clears throat> thumbs up. Jumping, yeah, jumping over to Parramatta. Uh, Dylan Brown, 23 runs, 167 metres, 32 post-contact metres. Uh, Will Penasini, 15 runs, 181 metres, 66 post-contact. Junior Paulo, 16 runs, 148 metres, 52 post-contact. Defensively, Jermaine Hopgood, 30 tackles, missing four. And Josh Hodgson, 39 tackles, missing three. Now, that was a funny game because a good friend of ours, Joey, good old yep. Harry Smith, <laughs> Had a had a had a little multi going. He had Turbo to score a double, Sevo to score a double, oh. Ruben Garrick and Ruben Garrick and oh, I can't remember who the fifth one was, but he got the Sevo double in the last three minutes and he won himself twelve hundred bucks. Good oh. on you, Haz. Good on you, Hazard. <laughs> Can you teach me your wise ways? Oh mate. Oh, it was incredible. Uh yeah. Gutho. Gutho was the other try. Oh yes, very nice. 
Yeah, so leave it to the last three minutes, Parramatta. <laughs> oh, mate. Well, thank you for those stats. Can I just say that Josh Hodgson try was my favourite. Uh, slowest oh, guy on the field, slowest guy out there, and just chops through the manly defence like he was uh, back in uh, 2010. So, mate, Joshy Hodgson, well done. What a run. All right. That was usually the only person on the planet that got close to him. <laughs> the slowest player on the field. Slowest player against slowest player. All right, let's move on from the Manly game. We've talked enough about it now. The boys are happy. Let's go to Friday night, game one. It was Newcastle Knights against the Dolphins. Dolphins getting it done 36-20. to 20. Now, this was a game that I watched, and I tipped the Dolphins, but I thought the Knights defended really well for the first half at least. And then probably the last 20 minutes, probably for about 60 minutes, I thought the Knights were still in the contest. But that last 20 minutes, the Dolphins just ran away with it. They scored three tries, 66-minute, 75th-minute, and 79th-minute, uh, two to Azako there. But they just ran away with it at the end. The Knights, obviously, 10 players out with injury and suspension. So not ideal for them. Craig, I'll start with you, mate. The Knights gave us a bit of a glimmer of hope when Gamble went over, and I thought maybe there was more to come. What do you think? Totally agree. I like the aggression that Gamble brings to the Knights. I think they need it. I think he goes well with Hastings. They didn't look out of place together. I, I can't see Ponga returning into the 5-8 position, you know, for so many reasons. But um, going back to that game, I... Enjoyed it. I'm enjoying watching the Dolphins play. They, they just they just keep turning up. And I was even happier when they scored the try right on full time because I had Cody Nicarima as an any try try scorer well in Dolphins 13 plus. So when they got that try at full time, it put them over the 12 plus. I was uh, quite happy. So geez, you're result. all you're all winners this week, eh? I I had about eight <laughs> multis on eight different games and I got nothing. <laughs> oh, I got Luke the didn't either. As well, <laughs> <laughs> well done. Um. The thing I just wanted to ask about that, like you talk about Taylor Pong coming back, probably won't play 5-8. Uh, where do you play Miller, though? Because Miller's been so good for Newcastle. That's who would want to be a coach. Oh, <laughs> what do you do with him? He's yeah, he's a good... Do you try and find... He's wasted on the wing. Do you try and put Absolutely. him in the centres, maybe? Yeah, I mean, sure. maybe. Maybe. But look, it's upwards and onwards for the Knights. I mean, they welcome back Greg Marju this week in his first game for the club, which will be really good. Luke, we'll jump to you with the stats next. Uh, was it a tight contest in the stats or did the Dolphins, does it look how it how it was? Uh, no, there's a, there's a couple that are sort of tight. Um, yeah. The Dolphins' top performers, actually a couple of them still underperformed from wow. the from the Knights players. Wow. Um, but evidently it's just the, the points that sort of got them the game. Yeah. Uh Knights 20, Dolphins 36. Uh Knights three tries, Miller scoring a double. Uh to the Dolphins seven tries. Azako scoring a double and Tessie New scoring the first hat trick for the Dolphins in the NRL. Yes. Knights had three from three conversions with one penalty goal. Dolphins four from seven. Knights had 45% possession to the Dolphins 55 one Rick ruck infringement per team the Knights had a, gave away five penalties to the Dolphins seven the Knights had 16 errors to the Dolphins five going wow. off what you boys were just saying about Lockie Miller I don't see him being dropped looking mm. at this 16 runs 212 meters and 41 post contact 
with two tries under your belt, if he gets dropped, like you've got to be yelling at some selectors here. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> there's no way, there's no way you can drop someone after a run like that. No. Uh, Dan Gagai, 15 runs, 165 meters, 56 post contact. Dom Young, 13 runs, 172 meters, 40. Sorry, 54 post contact. Defensively, Phoenix Crossland in the hooker, 50 tackles, didn't miss a single one. Um, And big Leo Thompson, 48 tackles, missed two. Matt Crocker, off the bench, he had played 46 minutes. He made 31 tackles and only missed one. Wow. So I think that's pretty good. Pretty good effort for uh, Great effort. 46 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the Dolphins, Tessie New, 19 runs, 230 metres, 69 post-contact. Jermaine Asako, 18 runs, 158 metres, 44 post-contact. Ewan Aitken, 125 metres of 14 runs, 50 post-contact. Defensively, Tommy Gilbert, 41 tackles, missing three. And Kenny Bromwich, 33 tackles, missing one. Yeah, Wow. Uh, some big stats there. Yeah, I like what you said about Lockie Miller. I definitely don't think you can drop him after in a losing team to to put on a performance like that. Uh, I had him as my player of the round and uh, for the nights, and I just think that he was outstanding. Thank you again, Luke, for those stats. Caden and DK, jump to you, boys. Do you have Dolphin Fever? As for Dolphin Fever, definitely. Yeah. Now, I feel like I'm the only one that gave the Dolphins a chance. <laughs> Now, obviously, I don't have you everyone's opinion. I wasn't talking to everyone about it for six months or whatever. But my own opinion, and Caden will back me up, I've been saying the entire time that it's Wayne Bennett. Yeah. It's Wayne yeah. Bennett. It's super coach Wayne Bennett. And when he's away. Squad. And, I okay, I'll admit, didn't expect how good they have been, but I did expect them to be a top eight team. I, so, look, look, I will I give it. I will give it to you. When we when we got back into the pods and we started, even before round one, you said uh, you thought the Dolphins wouldn't be as bad as everyone predicted, and you were spot on there. I mean, three three from three is incredible for a brand new team. I think it's going to be a bit different against uh, the Broncos with the Battle of Brisbane, but we'll talk about that in our round four preview. Let's move on to our next game. Game I'm really excited to talk about: Roosters against the Rabbits. The Chookies getting it done, 20 to 18. Oh, boys, what a game. That first 10 minutes, I thought we were shot. I thought we were gone. 10-0 down. I said, here we go. Bunnies are going to run away with this. But enter Jared Warrior Hargreaves and the Cheese off the bench and how strong they were. Can I just say, this is one of the only games I've seen where Jared hasn't been put on report, sin-binned, or given away a penalty. It was incredible. I don't think I've ever seen him play that well. And, like, he's been around for 280-odd games. So I was, I was about to say he's maturing <laughs> in his early 40s. Yeah, 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 yeah that's <laughs> it. Yeah, he's almost there. Caden, I'll start off with you, mate. Uh, the Roosters getting a great win against the arch rivals. There's nothing better. Oh, man. Like, I didn't watch much of the game because yeah. I was a bit busy at the time. But I was checking up on scores. And I thought Roosters were gone. I yeah. thought it was going to be 0-2. I, like, I looked back at the score and I saw a two-point win for Roosters. I'm like, crap. Yeah. You know? it, I thought that was shot. It was an incredible performance. The Cheese getting his first try for the club as well. And what a great try that was. Like He just went straight through. Massive hole there for the Bunnies. But the second half, Craig, I jumped to you, mate. That second half, the Bunnies just died off. And it wasn't until... 
the last 10 minutes when there was a bit of a flare-up and they started to get under the Roosters' skin that they actually started to bring some life back into the game. Yeah, they seem to switch off for a little bit, but mm. Roosters have been hot and cold as well. Yeah. They haven't been consistent over the first three rounds. I think they'll still be there at the very end because they'll just build up to it slightly. But Number one, baby. Yeah, to knock off South, yeah, to, knock off, to knock off the bunnies, they did well. Yeah, they, they did extremely well. I, the, honestly, boys, there's nothing better. I you should have heard me. Oh, I was I was stoked to beat the bunnies. I mean, look, we feel for Luke. Luke's girlfriend is a is a Rabbitoh supporter, so we know that we we know yeah. the heartbreak that must have been there over the weekend, Luke. And look, you you're gonna tell us that you tipped the chooks, didn't you? I took the. I'm in four different comps. I took the <laughs> chookies in three of them. <laughs> I, I took Damn, the bunnies in. Yeah, I took the bunnies in her family one so that yeah, when she beautiful. looks and sees it, I'll be like, oh, oh yeah. she, she, she doesn't listen, so it's all right. Oh, she, she does sometimes. I'll be, I'll, I like to listen while I'm going to sleep. So I think oh, I'll, that's good. I'll put, I put, I put it on. It'll be the last thing like I listen to, and I always <laughs> put it on with enough times that I can hear the end of the show. And she commented the other night when she, when I made the comment a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> <laughs> and she went, "Of course you took, of course you didn't take my bunnies." It was a uh, that would that would have been the sharks and bunnies game, I think. Oh, yeah, the, the sharkies yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so. I've, I've, I've re-listened to a couple of them for the last couple of weeks. So. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, mate, give us the stats for this game. Yes, Roosters, Chookies, 20, Rabbitohs, 18. Jackson Paulo bags a double for the oh, sorry for the Roosters after being dissed by the Rabbits all last year. Yep. Uh, tr- four tries to three for the Roosters. Conversions. Roosters only had two from four. The Rabbits had two out of their three and managed to kick a penalty goal. Uh, rabbit uh, roosters had roosters had 53% possession to the rabbits 47 there was no ruck infringements from the roosters however there was four from the rabbits roosters gave away four penalties to the rabbits five and roosters had nine errors to the rabbits 15 wow. i'll tell you what boys every game there is just a shockingly amount of number of errors you could see it though you, you, there was so much drop ball this round mm. drop balls yeah. and not like so many knock-ons, but yeah, continue. Wait mate. till you get to the Tigers game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. With for the Roosters, Jackson Polo, nineteen runs, one hundred and ninety-two meters, twenty-eight post contact. James Tedesco, sixteen runs, one hundred and fifty-one meters. Probably run about three thousand if you accumulate all the side running he did, <laughs> um, and thirty-two <laughs> post contact meters. And just as you said, off the bench, Jared Warrior Hargreaves. Played 38 minutes of football. He had 17 runs, run 174 meters, wow. 62 post contact. What a man. Yeah, big, big, big <laughs> numbers there. Defensively, uh, Lindsay Collins making 32 tackles, missing one, and Luke Keary making 31 tackles, missing five. Wow, that's a lot uh, of tackles for half. Exactly, yeah, and especially mm. such a, like a small guy as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over to the Rabbits, Campbell Graham. Uh, 15 runs, 194 metres, 38 post-contact. Latrell Mitchell, 16 runs, 128 metres, 31 post-contact. Ola, 17 runs, 165 metres with 43 post-contact. Cookie, making 42 tackles, missing two. Michael Chinkam, our Sinbin for the week, 41 tackles, missing one. And Cam Murray, 42, missing two. Yeah, wow. Again, some some big stats there. Quick shout-out to Jackson Palo, who... I thought was incredible for the Chooks. And as Luke said, last year at the Bunnies, didn't have a great time. I remember that game against Penrith where he dropped, I think, about 
five balls and there was one where the trail threw it to him he was open and he dropped it and uh that that was sort of the end of his season he signed with the roosters after that but yeah really good to get two tries they tested him early they put one up and he dropped it but then from that point he held the ball the rest of the night so great shout out there and thank you for those stats all right let's move on to super saturday now super saturday wrecked my tips Super Saturday was terrible. Let's go to this first game. The Titans against Melbourne Storm, 38-34. to Now, credit where credit's due. At the start of the week, I actually tipped the Titans to beat Melbourne. I thought Melbourne were extremely poor against the Doggies. And I said, I I just don't know if they'll get it done against the Titans. Then I heard that Coates and Owen was back. And I said, oh, look, they're getting some troops back. I'm going to back Melbourne. But as always, you can't back Melbourne without Munster. And Melbourne were poor. Titans getting it done, 38-34. Craig, I'll start with you, mate. The Titans were just all over them. They just matched them in everything, attack, defense, all of it. They certainly did. They makes me what happened makes you wonder what happened the week before against the Dragons. But yeah. they been a long time since Melbourne lost two in a row. I know you know, no Munster and yeah. you know they've lost some quality players, but they still always seem to back up again and go, but yeah, two in a row for them. But credit to the Titans, good win. Absolutely. And that's the thing. You you don't expect Melbourne to lose two in a row. So when they do lose, you, you expect that bounce back. And I think that was why I took them. I'm sorry, boys. I've definitely taken them in round four. Uh, I think they'll, they'll definitely bounce back. But let's leave that for our round four preview. Uh, Lukey, we'll jump straight into the stats, mate. Uh, the Titans, they just ran away with it. Yep, Titans getting it done, 38 to Melbourne's 34. Six tries each for the Titans, Khan, Pereira, and Shoop bagging doubles. Uh, on the Melbourne side, Jonah Pezzett scoring a try on debut, yes. and Nick Meany bag- bagging a double. The Titans hit five from six uh, five from six conversions with a two, point, uh, two penalty goals, and Melbourne hitting five from six conversions. Uh, 50% possession for both teams. Titans had one ruck infringement to the Melbourne's two. Titans gave away five penalties to Melbourne's eight, and Titans had 13 errors to Melbourne's 17. Mm, play, 17 player, errors play stats. from Melbourne. That's crazy. Yeah. It's shocking. But... Belly, belly aches, not too happy. Uh, <laughs> all right. Big Tino, 18 runs, 145 meters, 56 post contact. AJ Brimson, 15 runs, 140 meters, 57 post contact. Joe Stimson making 27 tackles and missing five. David Fafita making 26 tackles and missing none. For Melbourne, Lisa Katoa, I think that's how you say his name. Yeah. 18 runs, 163 meters, 49 post contact. Trent Lorio, 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 yeah, Liero, uh, I think, yeah, Liero, yeah, uh, 13 runs, 125 meters, 48 post contact. Olam on his return, 12 runs, 102 meters, 37 post contact. Harry Grant, 41 tackles, missing two. <laughs> Josh King, 33 tackles, missing two. And Katoa, 36 tackles, missing zero. Yeah, well, uh, Katoa was pretty good. Uh, DK, I want to jump to you, mate. Uh, Tarek Sims played his first game for Melbourne. Great to see him back in the NRL for 2023. Also bagged himself a nice little meat pie. Absolutely. It's good to see him back from injury and uh, suspension, I believe it was, towards the end of the season. Uh, Good to see him back out in the paddock. I know our mate Reese, that's a pretty avid Melbourne fan. We don't like him too much. 
But <laughs> I think he was quite keen on the signing of Tarek Sims for them and nice to see him get back out there. And if you could find anyone that realistically thought that the Titans were actually going to beat Melbourne besides Joey, you'd be crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, still I, bad, but... I, I ended up tipping Melbourne. Like I ended up changing my tip. But but at the start of the week, that was what went through my head. And I remember there was a girl at work and she was adamant she was tipping the Tigers all uh, – the Titans all week. Not the Tigers. No one did that. Uh, she was tipping the Titans all week. And then on Friday, she spoke to me and I said, oh, Coach and Owen was back. And now she's blaming me. And I said, hey, you changed your tip on Saturday, all right? You changed it on Saturday. I wasn't around you on Saturday. Um, she sounded but, like a real James. Yeah, yeah, real James. We'll get to James a bit later. Uh, Caden, the Titans, mate, they're two from three at the moment. They're looking the goods. Yeah, I'm very surprised. Like, the likes of AJ Frimson, like, yeah. he's been on fire, just like no other. Yeah, absolutely. Like, for feeder too, like, man, it's it could be a real show this year. I'll tell you what, Fafita's definitely back to the Fafita we know. And this is what we wanted to happen this year. We didn't want Fafita to be the 2022 Fafita where he was playing center and just wasn't getting run. So good to see him back. Let's move on to our second game of Super Saturday. We'll try and get through some of these games. It was the Cowboys against the Warriors. What an upset this was. Warriors getting it done 26 to 12 at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Reese is not with us tonight, our Cowboys fan, so we can't pay out on him. But Boys, I, I don't even know where to start with this one. I was at an engagement party, so I saw bits and pieces. Day, uh, DK, we'll, we'll jump to you, mate. The Cowboys, they just looked lost in this game. I heard about what happened. I didn't actually get to watch the game myself. But like you said during that little uh, game introduction, quite a huge upset. And yeah. like you also said, I think Super Saturday wrecked my tips for the week. <laughs> um, all three games were all three upsets. Yeah. So... I was not expecting the Warriors to show up, but then again, that is the Warriors, right? You never know what to expect. That's right. But, wow, what an upset. The other thing, it feels like it feels like the exact four rounds from the start of last year as well. It feels like the competition is like being flipped on its head. Everyone yeah. at the bottom is now at the top. Everyone at the top is now at the bottom. Yeah, Except and then it gets, it gets to about round six or seven and it sort of like sorts itself out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Caden, Warriors, mate. Did you tip him? Um, actually, no, I didn't actually. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, mate, no one tipped the yeah, Warriors. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Super Saturday wrecked me as well. Uh, <laughs> like I was shot. Um, only got four out of eight. Yeah. I was I was blowing up because like I thought I had it in the bag eight from eight, <laughs> but nah. What can you do, mate? So did I. I was three from three leading into Saturday. I had the Roosters obviously, so I was three from three. And then I was three from five after the two games on Saturday. So, yeah, it wasn't a great time. Yeah. All right. Well, Luke, do you want to go through some of these stats with us? I just want to know, did the Warriors have better stats or was this just a complete accident? Cowboys 12 to Warriors 26. Cowboys getting the two tries with two conversions. Warriors having five tries with three out of their five conversions. Mm -hmm. Marcelo Montoya bagging himself a double. Cowboys had 46% possession to the Warriors 54. Three ruck infringements for the Cowboys to the Warriors none. Uh, Cowboys gave away four penalties to the Warriors seven. Mm -hmm. 
and Cowboys had 12 errors to the Warriors' 14. Player stats. Murray Chualagi, 17 runs, 190 metres, 42 post-contact. Shibasaki had 19 runs, 179 metres, 46 post-contact. And Tommy Chester had 20 runs, 170 metres, and 35 post-contact. Ruben Cotter defensively, 40 tackles, didn't miss one. Uh, McLean had 38 tackles, didn't miss any. And Reese Robson, I think this is the second week in a row he's got 51 tackles and he's missed three. Wow. Um, and yeah, bagged so himself a meat pie as well. And bagged himself a meat pie. Over to the Warriors, Marcelo Montoya, 23 runs, 229 metres, 38 post contact. <laughs> Adam Philidor Blake, 12 runs, 144 metres, 43 post contact. Walker off the bench playing 58 mi- minutes, had 20 runs. 157 metres, 38 post-contact. Yeah, Defensively, okay. Wade Egan, 42 tackles, missed two. Torhu Harris, 41 tackles, missed two. And Jazz Tavaga had 32 tackles, missed two. So It was good to see uh, Jazzy back, actually. I, I love a bit of Jazz Tavaga. Yeah. Just wanted to touch on what you said there. Ruben Cotter making 40 tackles and then got injured as well. So yeah. without the injury, could have made a lot more as well. And the same with Wade Egan yeah. Wade Egan yeah. also got injured. It definitely. I I think personally, I just think that Warriors just had obviously you can see there, all their players are getting higher tackles and they're missing yeah. l- a lot less sort of thing. Yeah. You look up Cotter 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 missed two, but Reese Robson he missed three, and then you got to look at all the other guys in the team that I just didn't even name, but you know they're missing four or five tackles sort of thing. Yeah. So I think it adds up. Yeah, I, I think with Warriors they actually just worked off their amazing defense and then just turned it into a better offense sort of thing. They're, they're not doing too bad, the Warriors. I mean, two from three for them as a start, same as the Roosters, same as a few teams. So they're actually doing all right. And Andrew Webster, who's taken over, obviously the former Penrith defensive coach. So it, it's it's paying off big time. Craig, I wanted to ask you, mate, do you think the loss of Scotty Drinkwater was the straw that broke the back for the Cowboys? I think so. I think, you know, last year they they just hit the hit their peak at the right time. Yeah. Finished off the season really, really well. Did they believe the hype too much in the off season? Probably too early to tell, but yeah, I think losing him certainly didn't help. Yeah, definitely. I mean Tommy Chester on debut, uh, it's always a daunting task when you're playing your first game. But yeah, credit I, to I the Warriors. I did watch that game. Yeah. Yeah, I did watch it and you know, even against the Roosters, they're not they haven't got a superstar who's jumping out, causing the breaks or anything along yeah. those lines. There's no Tedesco or Latrell Mitchell, but they're just turning up for each other. They're just doing all the basics really, really well. So, they've, they've been really clinical this year, and it's yeah. not the Warriors we know. I've talked on this pod a lot last year, and I used to talk about the Warriors bro culture, and it was the culture of – it's that lazy culture of, oh, yeah, bro, like, you know – We'll get it done. We'll tackle here and there, and that's how that that's how they were. And I, I felt that all the New Zealand coaches that would take over had that bro culture. You know, Stacey Jones was a former player, and then he was their interim coach last year. So I think Andrew Webster's really added some steel to them, and he's really helped them get to where they are at the moment. Totally agree. Yeah. All right. Well, credit to the Warriors there for getting the win. Let's move on to our last game of Super Saturday: the Broncos against the Dragons. 
Broncos getting it done 40 to 18, but it didn't start that way. Dragons flew out of the blocks in this one. They were up 16-6 at halftime. I was on a train on the way home going, what is happening? I'm going to lose three from three on Super Saturday. But come the last 10 minutes, four tries scored from the Broncos. Incredible scenes. Reese Walsh, Mr. Eyeliner. I am aroused. What a player. Not just because of his beauty, but because of his ball playing skills as well. Caden, we'll start with you, mate. Were you aroused too? <laughs> oh, mate. Like, I was shocked. Like, it was at 18 all, and it was coming yeah. close to all time. And then straight off the block, Broncos, bang, bang, bang. Crazy. And pick off, like, 40. Man, I was shocked to see it. Walshy, he's on a good roll. Oh, yeah. I think I think going back to the Broncos was the right choice for him. I mean, we saw the talent he had at the Warriors, but he couldn't use that last year behind that Warriors pack. Uh, DK, Katoni Stags bagging a double early on, but... Yeah, it looked like it was going to be the Dragons. I watched about 75% of that game yeah. thinking, okay, Dragons, or it's going to come down to a photo finish. I leave the room, go have a nap, come back, and it's 40 18. I'm like, <laughs> bruh. So I watch back the highlights, and I'm just like, when shit's clicking, it's clicking. That's it's, it. Everything was in the zone. Everything was perfect for him in the final 10 minutes. It's mm. just. Yeah. It, it was amazing. It was good. Uh, Craig, for me, mate, it was Adam Reynolds. Adam Reynolds set the standard in that game. And I he does it every game, but people don't talk about it. When when another halfback, let's say like a Nico Hines or Nathan Cleary, when they kick to the corners and and they get that possession for their team, everyone's going, wow, what, like, what a halfback. It's incredible. But I feel like Reynolds does this week in and week out. And the recognition's not there of how good he actually is as a halfback. Totally agree. I think up in Brisbane, they realise, you know, Alfie Lena, yeah. one of the best halfbacks of all time, exactly. speaks highly of him all the time. So does the coach, Kevy. And it's clear that Kevy and Reynolds have a very good relationship. They're being criticised for it, but he's just, yeah. it's the maturity that comes with him. Yeah, you know, He's mature. He's he's not rushed. He's not panicked. And, you know, 40-metre 40, 40 field goal, he's... Oh, that he's was not beautiful. the biggest boy out there. He's just, but he's got the he's got the the strength behind him. He just he just knows where to place it, and I think that's yeah. the best part about Reynolds' game. Obviously, when he's not injured, because he is quite glass jaw. But when he's not injured, he's one of the best halfbacks in the comp, beside Cleary and Hines. He's right up there. So yeah, yeah. For me, Reynolds was uh, an absolute star, Luke. Take it away. I actually think the stats will be pretty tight in this one because the Broncos didn't run away with it till the very end. Yes. Uh, as you said, Brisbane 40 to Dragons 18. Brisbane having seven tries, Stags and Walshy bagging doubles. Dragons, I don't know why I've written down five tries. They only had three. <laughs> <laughs> Brisbane five from seven conversions with a penalty goal. Dragons two from three with one penalty goal. Oh, sorry, two penalty goals for Brisbane, one for Dragons. My bad, boys. Uh, 57% possession for the Brisbane, 43 for Dragons. Four ruck infringements for Brisbane, two for Dragons. Five, giving away five penalties by Brisbane. Dragons gave away seven. Brisbane actually had more errors. They had nine to the Dragons' seven. So wow. I was actually quite shocked when I read that one. One that's actually under double figures too. And, yeah, that's from both teams as well. Yeah. Ball. Payne Haas, 18 runs, a staggering 240 metres, making 104 post-contact metres. 
What a man. Paddy Carrigan, 17 runs, 180 metres, 64 post-contact metres. Tommy Flegler, 16 runs, 196 metres, 84 post-contact metres. And Selwyn Cobbo, 13 runs, 173 metres, 52 post-contact metres. All yeah, wow. very, very big numbers. Very big. Yes. Defensively, Jordan Rickey, 32 tackles, one missed. Kurt Catewell, 29 tackles, five missed. Payne Haas, 26 tackles, none missed. So adding that to his offensive numbers, Payne Haas had a really good game. Over to the Dragons, Molo, 15 runs, 176 metres, 84 post contact. Josh Kerr off the bench, only playing 28 minutes, had 10 runs, 141 metres, 62 post contact. And uh, Blake Lurie, 13 runs, 126 metres, 39 post contact. Jack Bird making 42 tackles, missing one. Jacob Little making 31 tackles, missing one. And Jaden Sewer, 35 tackles, five miss. Jeez, he's so, good. I love those yeah. stats. Yeah, it just, you can, all the all the meterage made by Haas, Carrigan, Flegler, and Cobbo, you can definitely tell that that was all in that in that first half when uh, Dragons were able to defend it because all their run meters come from uh, Walshy in the Walshy in that last ten when he bagged a double and yeah whatnot yeah exactly uh, do you have the stats there on how beautiful Reese Walsh is out of ten yes his eyebrows fifteen those they eyebrows must, they mate. must get them plucked up there they must get them plucked <laughs> yeah. up there regularly I reckon beautiful him and Cobbo yeah, it's between it's between yeah. him and DK. <laughs> Reese Walsh, 14 runs, 158 metres, 27 post-contact metres. Oh. Uh, just as well, he made four tackle breaks, one line break. Um, he only m- made four tackles and he missed two of those. Look at that. I am aroused. All right, let's move on. All right, first Sunday game here. We got the Bulldogs against the Tigers. Oh, Craig and Luke, I'm going oh. to you guys very soon for this game. Now, Doggy's getting it done 26-22, but this game should have been There's about 40 nil. 40-0 it should have been. I mean, how did oh. the Dogs let 22 points in in that last 20 minutes? I do not know what was doing. Craig, take us through it, mate. Well, <laughs> I'll start off by saying I hope John Bateman's not out this week with severe sunburn because he's looking very, <laughs> very white. <laughs> he's bright as they come. <laughs> oh. But... Uh, I, I you know, I'm a Bateman fan. I love seeing him in the team. I just love the aggression that he brings with him. So I was happy about that. But you know, I go back, Joey, to before round one when we you know, Luke and I sat here hopeful. We we beat the Raiders in the in the in the trial match. We spoke about they stood up for each other. Who was the halfback? Brendan Wakem in that yeah. game. Yeah. We're down, he comes on and we score what three or four tries or something like that in five minutes when he comes into the halves. So mm-hmm. And up until that's, you know, what it was, 65th minute, I'm there going, Luke Brooks, got to go, got to yeah. go. Support Agreed. you for a long time. It's time to go. But then I think Waken brought the best out of him as well because, you know, he bagged that one from 40 or 50 <laughs> metres out. He seemed to play a lot better. I think Dewey's, why Laurie's not in the team, Dewey has to be at fullback. And when he comes back in, he's got to go into the centres and see how we go. But yeah, yeah, it was a it was a tough one to watch. It, <laughs> it was, but I think you can take the positives out of it that they came back and yeah, it ended up only being a four point ball game. And like the Bulldogs have scored twenty six points two weeks in a row against Melbourne and now against the Tigers. So 
for for the Tigers to match them. And as you said, Luke Brooks for me actually was my player of the match. He had, oh, I I don't know if you I think Stefano ended up being Stefano was really good, but Luke Brooks for me, like you said, that last twenty minutes. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it was. The injection of Wakeham at fourteen there, but uh, do we had yeah, do we had an injury as well? Um, so he was definitely nursing that at five eight. I don't know if I like the move to fullback. I just, I think I spoke to you about this. I I personally think it should be Wakeham and Dewey and Brooks gone. I just, I, it's it's been thirteen years. It's been thirteen years. They've been talking about this kid and the talent he's going to bring 13 years. He's not a kid anymore. What talent is he bringing now? Like, I just, I I don't know where it is. He can't be rookie of the year anymore. It's 13 years on from when he began. Uh, Luke, do you want to take us through this as well? Yeah. Not sure. Before I read it, not sure. Did you see the video of him, Brooksy calling the the Uh... member? That was 10 years back. <laughs> he, wants a, that, he wants a refund for everything. <laughs> yeah, don't blame him. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I don't blame them either, to be honest. Uh, Bulldogs getting it done 26 mm-hmm. over the Tigers 22. Both teams had four tries. Uh, Adokar scoring a double. Uh, the Bulldogs making four from their four conversions and getting a, a penalty goal, whereas the Tigers only had three from four. Bulldogs had 54% possession to the Tigers, 46. Uh, one ruck infringement for the Dogs, two for the Tigers. Both teams had, gave away seven penalties each. Yeah, Dogs had 12 errors, Tigers 14. As you were saying earlier, Joey, Jacob Carraz running 25 runs, 283 metres, 78 post-contact metres. Good. Hayes Perham in fullback, 17 runs, 181 metres, 28 post-contact. Alamotti, the who I someone referred to him as the slowest center of the game. <laughs> uh 16 runs, 191 meters, 19 post contact meters. Defensively, Reed Marnie, 39 tackles, four missed. Max King, 37 tackles, missing two. And uh a young gun that's come into the team and has really impressed me two weeks in a row, even though he plays for dogs, Preston. is uh Jacob Preston. Yeah. 36 tackles, only missing the one. Yeah, he uh, yeah. he's gonna have a big future. A big future. Yeah. If he if he goes if he goes uh, along this year, I'll I'll put money on him to be rookie of the year this year. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah. If he if he, if he keeps playing the way he's going, um, two mm-hmm. weeks in a row he's just been outstanding. Yeah. Uh, for the Tigers, Charlie Staines, nineteen runs, hundred ninety meters, thirty one post contact. Davy Clemmer, fourteen runs, two meters, forty six post contact. Brent Naden, thirteen runs, one hundred and eighty eight meters, fourteen post contact. Alex Twal, my favorite. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Mm. Alex Twal off the bench playing forty nine minutes. He had thirteen runs, one hundred and thirty four meters, forty five post contact. He made twenty nine tackles and only missed one. Wow, what a man! Yeah, yeah. Honestly, mm. just. Just, just give him the ball and just That's put right. him on the field, all right? That's right. <laughs> just, just have seventeen Alex Twelves. Exactly. Oh, I'd love that. And, and then, and then the Tigers won't score anything. Twice. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, um, but well, no one else will because Alex Twelve is one of the best defenders. He just makes those tackles. Draw every week. Exactly. I can't remember the last time a winger was hooked from the field. Yeah. yeah. No far. Uh, mm. And he's been dropped this but, week, and it's a yes. good call. Yes, yes, he's in the he's in the reserves. So yeah, um, defensively for defensively for the Tigers, Appy Corusel making forty four tackles, missing six. 
Stefano making 40 tackles and missing four. Johnny Bateman on his Tigers debut, he made 33 tackles and missed two. Yeah. Um, Happy Carousel make that many tackles. He was busted. He was. That poor bloke. He, there, there is no one in that team that can, I find very frustrating. And the poor bloke afterwards in the press conference, sitting there with blood all down his face. And yeah, he was wrecked. I mean, it was 35 degrees. Talk about doing the little things right. It's 35 degrees and the fucking West Tigers are wearing black uniforms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not say. Eh? Uh, just quickly, we'll just say goodbye to DK and Caden who have to head off. Uh, go the Sea Eagles this week against the Bunnies. Thank you Thank very you. much. All right, we'll see you guys later. See you, boys. See you boys. Manly, manly at $2.47 there, so jump on it. It's going to be good odds. Um, All right. See you later. That's, that's our first Sunday game. Let's jump into our second Sunday game. It was the Raiders against the Sharks. This made me get five from eight because I tipped the bloody Sharks to bounce <laughs> back in this game. And Doug said it last week. Doug was on the pod last week. He's a Sharks fan, and he said, the Raiders have a great record against us, and I don't think we'll win up in GIO Stadium. And nine in a row. He was right. He was right. I didn't know that record. If Me I had either. known, if I had known it was eight in a row heading into this game, I would have backed the Raiders any day of the week. But man, the Sharks. I mean, the the Sharks hit out first, so that they scored first through Kennedy. Kennedy was great in great form again. But Rick, sticky Ricky, I, I don't know. What he's coaching up there, but hey, got the win. I mean, Craig, take us through it. Your second favorite team, mate. Well, start off with uh, I had my second win. I uh, I had Raiders be up by one to four at half time on sports bet. So, Very nice. on that. So, thank you. But Corey Horsburgh, man, he's not oh, just good looks, is he? Big he's, red, big red. He's big red. He's not just good looking. He's um, scoring meat pies, scored <laughs> two tries, which forced a inline uh, goal line dropout. I think it was just – I went the Raiders again I, like you, Joey. I didn't know that stat. But if I hadn't known that, I reckon it would have tempted me to go Sharks, thinking, well, geez, they're, they're due to win. But yeah, true. I just thought Raiders, they've had two tough games. They finally get one at home. They're Very so hot. strong at home. They're, they're, yeah. they're probably one of the best teams, I reckon, at home. And, and because it's different, like they're not Sydney-based. I think a lot of Sydney-based teams, they're Sydney-based. So you're like, okay – you play Parramatta at Combank, it's no different to playing the Roosters at Outlouts. But when you play Canberra at GIO, it's GIO. And it's so out of the way. You get the Viking clap. It's very intimidating. Yeah. That's a great atmosphere when that's going, for sure. Oh, they did really well. And Luke, you want to hit us with the stats, mate, for this game? Yeah. And uh, another couple of big numbers here, boys. Raiders 24 to Cronulla's 20, both having four tries each. Corey Horsburgh bagging himself a double. Raiders hit four from four conversions, whereas the Sharks only hit two from four. I don't know what they did to give Talakai a conversion. I don't know who was smoking what to give him the conversion. Shocking. That was woeful. That was like... I reckon he could have headbutted over. (laughs) Mate, I could have kicked it. And I played a lock. It was yeah, honestly. Raiders coming out with less possession, 47% to the Sharks, 53. They had one infringement to the Sharks, ruck infringement. They had one to the Sharks, three. Both teams gave away six penalties. The Raiders had nine errors to the Sharkies, five. So a winning team coming away with more errors. Yeah, yeah, wow. And again, another te- another game where both teams had less than double-digit errors. Mm. Uh, Hapawati, 19 runs, 185 metres, 33 post-contact. 
Joseph Tarpany, 15 runs, 177 metres, 52 post-contact. Uh, Tomoko, 15 runs, 154 metres, 42 post-contact. Defensively, Joseph Tarpany again, making 30 tackles and missing zero. Elliot Whitehead, making 37 tackles, missing four. Tom Starling off the bench. Now, I know he was injected into this game mm-hmm. early due to injury. Danny, poor Danny Levi and a broken broken jaw and missing teeth. Yep. Um, but yeah, That's Tom him. Starling, fifty-four tackles. He missed four. Yeah, uh, I, I really like Tom Starling. But uh, if you were going to bring him into a super casual fantasy this week, Ricky, of course, has done what he does best, and Walford's playing nine, so don't do that. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, jumping over the Sharkies, Teague Wilton, seventeen runs, one hundred seventy-six meters, sixty-two post contact. Talakai, eighteen runs, one hundred sixty-seven meters, thirty-four post contact. Will Kennedy, 16 runs, 146 metres, 29 post-contact. Defensively, Nakora, 40 tackles, missing three. Braley, 52 tackles, missing five. And Teague Wilton, again, 41 tackles, missing two. So Teague Wilton doing what he can with the ball and in the defensive line for the Sharkies this week. Well done. He's been very good. I, I don't really know if Graham will get a spot back when he when he does come back. I think he may just play off the bench for He'll a be year off the or bench. so. Yeah. And then I think we'll see retirement very soon. But, yeah, credit to Wilton out there. All right, that's it for our round three review. Sorry it was such a big one tonight. We had a lot to get through. Let's quickly touch on a round three dynamo. For me, it was Adam Reynolds. I talked on it before. He was just so good for the Broncos. That kicking game, outstanding. Craig, did you have a dynamo for this round? I think I've got to go Reese Walsh, just the way yeah. that in that last 10 minutes took control of that game and wrapped it up. And, and the fact he's beautiful eyebrows. Yeah, oh, definitely, mate. I mean, he's a close second, isn't he? Uh, Luke, who was your dynamo, mate? My dynamo, I will... I, he wasn't my dynamo, but I'm going to give him raps. Uh, Brandon Wakeham yep. coming into a team off the bench and just to re- reignite that spark. And I have to say, I don't think we would have scored any of those points had he not come on. Great um, so I think, yeah, I think I think he did really well. But my dynamo this week, uh, Lockie Miller. From oh, the Knights. Yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, big in one. A losing team. In a losing team to bag, bag himself a double. Uh, yeah. I just think he did really well. He, he he did well with the ball running all those meters. And um, yeah, I think I think he I think he stood up for his team. I love seeing the Knights. Well, actually, I love seeing Tyson Gamble getting absolutely flogged. <laughs> I just don't like him. Yeah, <laughs> but, he's um, a bit of a flog. Yeah, yeah. So um, especially after last week when Dewey was on the ground cramping and he stood over him screaming at him. Yeah. So um yeah. When he does best. Oh, yeah, Lockie, Lockie Miller, Dynamo yeah. for round three. It's a great shout. All right, let's move on to call a medic our injury segment. Uh, Luke briefly touched on it before. Denny Levi is our big one. Broken jaw, looking at about 10 weeks, I think they said. So may not be back for this season, but we'll just wait and see. So uh, thoughts and prayers out there, Denny Levi. He's lost a few teeth as well, so he's looking a bit like a Souths fan at the moment. Uh, Let's look like (laughs) – let's look at some other – uh, injury segments. Of course, a couple of HIAs. Wade Egan with a head assessment went off late in the game. And Heme Sele from the Bunnies went off early in that game against the Roosters. So uh, we'll admit Poor the URL was scared down policy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so 11-day policy. Horrible. So he'll be gone for exactly 11 days and then he can play again. So in about two rounds. Mm-hmm. Mitchie Barnett from the Warriors also with an injury. And another big one, Ruben Cotter. Two to four weeks now, it's looking like for him. So mm. after I said, like, he made those tackles and now he's injured. But, yeah, mm. big loss there for the Cows, especially the way they're playing at the moment. 
to not have Cotter mm. in your front row, that's going to be huge for them. Uh, let's move yeah. on to he's been doing it all oh, game. Sorry, so, yeah, you're right. Uh, but she's hey, you got to feel bad for Harmay Sele. You thought oh, yeah. you thought Pong, you thought Ponting was ninety second HIA two weeks ago was the bad thing, and he went, hold on, boys, I can do this in forty seconds. Yeah, did, did you see his <laughs> yeah. eyes roll? Like he was, oh, on he was, and his eyes were like. Was I just thought he was. I thought he was he seizing at one stage. He, he didn't know where him. he was. He, he was nah. gone, gone. I, and I think, I think, I think in instances like that, they, I mean, eleven days. But you've got a guy who just gets a slight knock and still is eleven days. I think they those <laughs> harsh, harsh decisions, and they really got to look at those instances yeah. where he, his eyes were at the back of his head. Well, his eleven days going to be enough for him. Well, Reese talked on last week how in the AFL that it's instant two weeks. So it's an instant 14 days for them, straight up. Two rounds, you're gone. You're not back till the third round. And I don't mind that. I mean, I don't understand 11 days. I don't get why why you wouldn't just move yeah. it to 14. Well, the NRL did 11 days because they, they're allowing – they're making the calls even at training sessions. So if you get right. done at a training session, it's 11 days from that day. Yeah. So if yeah. you make your 11 days and, you know, you – uh, your day ends on the Friday when you play on the Saturday. Well, then there you can play that week. Yeah, it's... I what, what I'm all for the health and the better of the game and mm. everything like that. You want the players to retire and live a long, happy life. Yeah, it is a physical game. It's a it contact is. game. It is. What happens Origin time, Grand Final weekend? Like, can you imagine if you copped a little knock and you got yeah. some GP sitting in a bunker in freaking Redfern somewhere for a game being played up in Townsville and says. You can't play in the grand final. Yeah. And imagine if it's the start of the game as well. You know, like, 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 let's say Roosters make grand final and Tedesco gets a head knock in the semis and and then Teddy doesn't play the grand final. And it's, you know, it's it's a player that people come to see, people come to watch because he's so electrifying in what he does. Or or let's say Bunny's making it into a trail. I heard something they were saying the other day that maybe they should have an extra weekend set aside for the grand final. Yeah. So if something like that does happen, you can just be like, no, nah, no footies on this weekend. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. Double is, is, that, is that a bit of, is that a bit of special treatment though? Because they're yeah, one, one guy like Teddy. Well, yeah, but oh, even if it was a, if it was a Roosters rabbits grand final yeah, and then you've got one player who gets a HIA, well then all, Oh, what about all the other guys throughout the season who goes, well, no game was stopped for me, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, for sure. It's a bit of it's a bit of special treatement. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. Yeah, it's, but then, uh, it's it's always going to be a talking point. Like it's so difficult mm, to. How yeah. many of the uh, how many of the top tier teams that are bending the rules slightly going to get away with one or two of those throughout the year as well? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, wait to see how many days Penrith serve if uh, they get a HIA. Probably just a week. But anyway. We'll, uh, we'll we'll move on from that. We'll do our uh, he's been doing it all game, sir, which is our suspension segment. Not much going on. I think the biggest one was Felice Kafusi looking set to miss four oh. weeks. Wayne Bennett was not happy. Wayne Bennett said, "Stay out of my way for a couple of days." He told Kafusi not to come near him, not to talk to him. So Benny was not happy with Felice out there. But yeah, it's a big one. Four weeks. Don't know if it warranted four weeks, but. No, it didn't. You know, it, it didn't. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, unfortunately, it, he couldn't fight it. He was guilty as soon as he walked in there. Yeah. Did he also have um, priors? Yeah. Well, Felice has a bit of bit yeah, of yeah, but three. yeah. Did he also have loading, which was the I, like, I don't know. Is that if why he had, got, no. I I'd, I'd say he would have, 
because yeah, I think he had some loading there. The hit so, wasn't that yeah. bad, so I, like it would have been two weeks for me, Max. I mean, for the first for the first two weeks, the rugby league world's praising him for it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you the worst thing they do is they replay this stuff in slow motion. Yeah, that's when you right. replay it in slow motion, it looks a hell of a lot worse when you're watching it. But he got there. He sort of put his hands up. Yeah, you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. But yeah, he didn't have his best game. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, that's our main thing from our suspension segment. Let's move on to our round four preview. We'll give our tips and our margins on who we think is going to win in round four. Starting to get a bit easier to tip, uh, which is great. This first game, though, is going to be an absolute blinder on Thursday night. It's the Parramatta Eels against the Penrith Panthers, the grand final rematch. Craig, I'm going to start with you because I'm feeling there's an upset in the air. Who are you going? Yeah. Parramatta, mate. I think Eels will, will get the win this week. Yeah. And give us a margin. Uh, Parramatta by four. By four. You heard it here first. $2.82 for Parramatta as well. So Parramatta 1-12, to big good odds there. Luke, are you on Penrith train? I am on the Penrith train. Uh, disclaimer, James, this is not for you, mate. Uh, <laughs> But I've got I've got Penrith by fourteen. I think Ooh. I think the bye week is uh is really going to give them that week to sort of you know fire up. They've yeah. they've not had a week of footy. They're keen to play. Yeah. Parramatta are coming off three straight losses. Penrith are going to use that to their strengths. Um, Parramatta have named a couple of uh, debut uh, one debutant coming off the bench. Um, Brendan Hands. I heard he's he got good off. hands. Yeah, it definitely. He um he was a St. Dominic's College graduate mm. um from here in Penrith, and he's actually a Penrith local. So, you know, good luck to him. Yeah, but and yeah, Jermaine uh, Hopgood against the Panthers as well, first time. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so I I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, but I think Penrith's I think Penrith's uh, history of in the last couple of years, you know, that they're ups and. They've been up, they've been up, they've been up, they, and I think they're just going to maintain that. And, yeah, like you said, grand final rematch. Penrith are coming in off, what was it, a 20-something point win from the grand final. They're going to yeah. use that to their advantage as well. So it's... I'm going Penrith by 14. Yeah, nice. It's a tough one for me because Parramatta are at a stage where they're desperate. Parramatta are in desperate territory. They're 0-3 heading into this game. They, tech, they usually play pretty well against Penrith. Um I'm taking Penrith at the moment based on what you said coming off the bye. I think coming off the bye, they're going to be refreshed. I think it's going to be a lot closer. I've gone Penrith by about eight, but yeah, not confident. Not confident at all. Again, James, don't listen to our tips. We've given you disclaimers. All right, let's move on to our second game. It's Melbourne Storm against the Tigers. Boys, do you want to go first, Luke? We'll start with you, mate. Who's getting it done? No, I don't want to go first, but I will. (laughs) Look, I have tipped Melbourne because oh. I've now gone with my brain and not my heart. But you watch, Tigers will do it. This will be the week that we get a win. Oh. Everyone is going to tip Melbourne, just like they did against the Dogs, and the Dogs pulled off a win. Last year, what did we do? We lost our first couple of rounds, and then we beat Rabbits by one, Eels by one. So it will not surprise me if the Tigers win this week. All right, if, if Tigers win, what do they win by? Is it tight? Two points? One. One point. One, that's oh, it. I like it. I like it. And Craig, have you gone the Tigers, mate? I have, mate. I'm going to go Tigers by Tigers by two. If, I think we'll get the win this week. I think we'll win the next two rounds. 
Yeah, I like it. If there's a team you want to play off the back of the form that Melbourne have been, I think you want to play Melbourne. They were poor against the Dogs. They were poor against the Titans. The, the Tigers could do it. They, they've got to spark that last 20 minutes against the Dogs, but for 80. That's oh, what actually, I'm basing this off, yeah. And if yeah. Tim Sheens had to come out and name the same lineup starting lineup as last week, I'd put a line through him and say Bulldogs, but no, nah, he's he's done the right thing. He's made the change. Drop North Luma. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, Tigers by two. Yeah, I like it. Do you, yeah. Sorry. Do you know yeah. the lineup for this week, Joey? Uh most of it, yeah. Yeah. I, now that you've said that, I'm now I'm second guessing myself, Craig. <laughs> Do we go on a fullback? Wake him starting at number six. Oh, you know what? I'll change my tip. You watch me do it. Yeah, do it. Do it. A couple of bevies oh. on a Friday night. It will change it in no time. Exactly. <laughs> not even Not even tomorrow afternoon. I'll be doing it by 3 o'clock. <laughs> I'm sorry, boys. Like, it's Melbourne for me. I just think two losses. I, 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 I say this all the time, but I can't see Melbourne getting three losses. I think, oh, no. yeah. I, I think coming off the back of two losses – and the way belly belly ache is at the moment, I mean, he was fuming. And you would not want to be in that dressing room. And I think you would just want to get a win so that he is quiet for a week. So I'm taking Storm. Also in Supercoach, I've I've captained Nick Meany because I think they may put 40 on you. I'm sorry, boys. But I'm going Melbourne by by big. Uh all right, we move on to our second Friday night game, 8 o'clock game. Going to be an absolute beauty. Probably game of the round for me. Paramount and Penrith is up there, but Dolphins against the Broncos. It's a Dolphins home game at Suncorp Stadium. This is I love it. Battle, the Battle of Brisbane, the Battle of Central Queensland. Big brother against new brother. Let's uh, let's call them, what, half brother, step brother, because we've got little brother in the Cowboys, and then we've got uh, your cousin in the Titans. So, yeah, let's say uh, stepbrother in the Dolphins. But, look, Dolphins, both these teams, 3-0 and to start the season, haven't lost a game yet. So one of these teams bound to lose. Did you ever think this would be a top-of-the-table clash? <laughs> it's just crazy. No. Dolphins against Broncos. Craig, I'm going to start with you, mate. Who's getting the win in this game? I think Brisbane will get it. Conspiracy being out for the Dolphins is, yeah. is a big loss, but... Yeah, I it was one of those games like when Brisbane plays St. George, I don't really care who wins, but I wanted yeah. Brisbane to win, so it was going to be, you know, three and three going into this round four clash. And mate, I can't wait. Tigers Melbourne Friday, and then followed by that the Brisbane clash. So it'll be awesome. It's it's gonna be good. And give us a margin. I think Brisbane will do it pretty well. I think they will a bit bit like the Dragons, they'll run away with it. So I'm gonna say Brisbane by sixteen in the end. Very nice. And Luke, are you on Dolphins train or are Broncos just going to be too good? I, I'm i very torn. Mm. Uh, when I was thinking about this answer this afternoon, I was, I was waiting for you to ask and I've just been, <laughs> I've got one side of me thinks it's going to be a repeat like last week for Brisbane. I reckon the, fin, the Finns could come out, score 20 points and then Brisbane will just chase it down by the end. But then I also think that the experience and the age of the Dolphins could come out and put on those early points and then be able to defensively hold it off. Kafusi, yep. yes, is going to be a big loss for them, but the Dolphins have a pretty good forward pack and a good defensive line. They do. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I really don't know. I have tipped the Broncos, Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not confident in saying who's going to win because I just don't know. 
You're going to be changing if I'm... tips all night, all weekend. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, no, I usually, I usually, I usually can stick with my tips, except for when it's the tires. That one. Um, but yeah, I, I've gone with. I think I've gone with Brizzy. I will just double check if I'm going off just personal preference. And yeah, I'd like Brisbane to win. Yeah, I've gone Brisbane. Um, yeah. I would like I would like Brisbane to win because um then it'll just shut the media up about the Dolphins being the super team and Wayne Bennett and whatnot. <laughs> they, but yeah, I'm I'm not really sure. I'm not co- I'm not confident in picking a winner. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, look, the thing about this game is Bennett knows this Broncos team inside and out. Exactly. Bennett yeah. Bennett lived and breathed the Brisbane Broncos, so he knows Suncorp. He knows what makes the Broncos tick and what doesn't. Um, no doubt in the media this week there will be some choice words said probably from both camps, but mainly from Wayne Bennett if he's awake. <laughs> but as as you said, like Dolphins have a great forward pack, but also with Kafusi out, Jeremy Marshall King is also out as well, and he's been really good at hooker. So uh, for yeah. me, if Kafusi and Marshall King were there, I would have taken the Dolphins, but I think they're too big of a loss. I'm going to take the Broncos. But I'm going to take a tight one. I reckon Broncos by six. I just can't go any more than that, just in the unknown, as you said. Let's move on to our first Super Saturday game. It's the Cowboys against the Titans. Another Queensland derby. Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Another home game for the Cows. Now, we saw last week they lost 26-12, the Warriors at home. So, can they bounce back this week, Luke? Nope. I'm no. going to back the, the Titans. Wow. I yeah, love it. The, t- the t- Titans beat... Over last Dolphins week. round one, <laughs> yeah. Dolphins round one. Um, oh, no, yeah, no. they played Dolphins round one, but um, no, they beat Melbourne last week, and they did it. They looked comfortable, even though Melbourne was sort of on their tail. Yeah, like they still, they really only panicked in that last five minutes. For seventy-five minutes, the Titans actually looked comfy playing football, and yeah, the the, the Cowboys losing to the Warriors that's going to be a big hit on their confidence, and I think think Titans will run away this week. The only issue I have is they scored 38 points, which is great, but they led in 34. So it, you're, you're scoring 38, which is great, but that defense, to let in six tries is still a worry. Uh, in saying that, the Cowboys also let in six tries. So <laughs> it's and, in, and only scored two. So, no, exactly. I, I like it, mate. It's a good shout. Craig, who are you on, mate? Uh, I'm going to go Cowboys. I'm just sitting here thinking either Luke or I are going to have a really good week this week on our tips because we seem to be going against each other. So one of us will be smiling <laughs> next week. But I don't know. Cowboys losing two games at home in a row. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's the only reason I'm going for them because it's a home. Yeah. It, it's a tough one because the Cowboys were so good last year, a top four team and that's such it. a threat. Yeah. But this year, I, I don't know what it is. It's not like they've even recruited badly. They've got the same team. No, nothing's really changed for them. So I've also gone the Cowboys. I think it's going to be tight. I think Luke's on the money. Titans could get up here. So I'm just going to say Cowboys yeah. by two. Uh, again, well, by 5.30, we'll see how many bevies I've had. And, you know, it, it could be Titans. So we'll just wait and see. But if you are going Titans, $2.52 on Sportsbet, remember, Gamble responsibly. All right, let's move on to our last game of Super Saturday. So Rabbitohs against Manly. Uh, I'll start with you, boys, because I've got a really good theory in this game. Luke, you got to go to Bunnies, don't you, mate? Yes. <laughs> uh, I have to, and I have. Uh, Bunnies losing last week to your Chookies, especially by two points. Yeah. That's going to put a fire up their bums. They are going to come out 
and Latrell is going to be. I reckon Latrell is going to have a massive game this week. Rich. I have the bunnies Agreed. by ten. Very nice, Craig. Uh, I've got bunnies by fourteen, and I think after a sad week with Scott Sattler, and they're going to wear a tribute jersey to him this weekend as well, which the NRL's approved. So well done yeah. to the NRL there, but. I think the emotions will get south over the line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thoughts and prayers out to Johnny Sattler's family. What an icon of the game. Absolute legend. Played that 1975 grand final with the broken jaw. Uh, pretty incredible stuff. It's the upset for me, boys. I'm going manly. I have, I've I've just been impressed with them. As much as I don't say it if They're Dean and Caden are on, I've just been impressed with manly and I mean, yes, again, their defense wasn't great last week. They still let in 30 points against Parramatta, who were not really good. Uh, but mm. I, I don't know. I've just, I, I just think if there's an upset this week, it could definitely be Manly. I think Manly have been really good. To be $2.23 against the Bunnies, who are $1.66, I think that's crazy. I think it should be a lot shorter. I reckon Bunnies about $1.80 and then Seagulls $1.90. It should be a lot shorter than $2.23. So I'm going Manly for the upset. Again, I'll say it's tight. I can't really say any blowouts in this game apart from uh, your game. But we'll go. Uh, we'll go. Seagulls by about eight in this one. What, Let's. What did DK pay you to say that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Definitely not. Yeah, I told him he needed his eyebrows trimmed like Reese Walsh. Let's move on to yeah. our first Sunday game: it's the Warriors against the Doggies. Now, a lot of people are torn in this game. I actually know a few people who have gone the Dogs. In this one against New Zealand at home, Craig, we'll start off with you this time, mate. Can the Warriors get it done at Mount Smart? They were a bit shaky there last year. Oh, this is a tough one. This is the toughest one for me to pick, but I'm tough. going to go the Dogs. Yep, I'll go the Dogs. Yeah, I just think Warriors. Uh, I think they're going to fall short. It's always hard to tip the Warriors, isn't it? I mean, you just never know yeah. what they're going to produce and what they're going to bring out. So yeah, I like it. And how much the Dogs win by? Well. Oh, very nice. And Luke? I'm on the doggies train, but only by four. Like, by like four. you said, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm torn. I'm, I'm not torn in the sense that I don't think the doggies aren't going to be able to do it, but I think the Warriors will put up a, a damn good fight and I'm torn about the scoreline. I think the doggies will run away, Yeah, but yeah, uh, it could be by could be by 10, could be by four. I'm going with four. I'm going with the lower scoreline. I'm going Warriors at home. I just think in New Zealand, it's a lot harder. Again, it's like Canberra, as we said before. It's so much harder to play at these grounds that are not in Sydney. (laughs) These grounds that are different to all the other teams, so much harder to play for. The Warriors have been back there for a whole year now. I think they can get it done. They were a bit shaky there last year. Dogs have been good, but letting in 22 points for the Tigers for me was pretty poor. Uh, from the doggies. So I'm going to jump on the Warriors in a tight one. Warriors in a golden point thriller. Warriors by one point in golden point there. Oh, yes. nice. Yeah, Sean Johnson field goal. All right, let's move on to our second Sunday game. The Knights against the Raiders. 4.05 down there at McDonald Jones Stadium. It's going to be a great game on Sunday afternoon. It'll be a tough one again because as much as I'm going the Raiders to win, the Knights are desperate. The Knights are desperate are. to win here. And they welcome back Jaden Braley, who had that HIA. He's back. Also, Daniel Swafidi, who we thought may have been out from last week, is named. So they've got some troops back. Greg Marju plays his first game. We know what a freak he is. 
Luke, we'll start off with you, mate. Your Knights or Raiders? Raiders. Raiders. The Raiders. Raiders. They played well last week. Yeah. You know, they did leak a lot of points, but I, I just think they can – I think they'll do it. Yeah, and I think they'll do it comfortably. I got Raiders by 10. Yeah, very nice. And Craig? Raiders by eight. Yeah, we're all on the Raiders in this one. It's Raiders for me. I reckon Raiders by about 14. This might be a game they run away with. I would have liked to have seen Tom Starling get first crack at hooker, but, you know, that's what Sticky Ricky does. All right, and let's move on to our last Sunday game. It's the Dragons against the Sharks. 6-15 game is a great rivalry game. Always Battle of the South down there in the gong at Jubilee Stadium. Dragons $2.40, Sharks $1.58, but... This is another game for the Sharks that is very difficult for them. They struggle against the Dragons. The Dragons played pretty well against them because of the rivalry. So it's going to be a tough one. Craig, I'll start with you. You think the underdogs can get it done? Is Nico Hines back? Has he been named? He's back. He's oh, back oh, in that's his Sharks. name. That's, that's the only reason why I'm going to go Sharks. I think yep. Dragons were a lot better than the scoreline indicated last week. They just fell yeah. off for a 10-minute period. And the media's already come out and said Hook's got to reapply for his coaching job next year. I saw that. <laughs> you know, uh, I'll go Sharks by... I think it'll be close. Sharks by 10. Yeah, nice. And Luke? Sharkies by six. Big Nico Hines to win, score the winning try. Yes. Between him and Reese Walsh, I don't know who's more beautiful, but with Nico back, I'm going Sharks as well. Sharks by 12. Let's go Sharks big. Just can't get on the Dragons this year. I've still got them getting the spoon. And that's it for round four. That's our round four preview. Again, disclaimer, James, if you're listening, do not take our tips literally. We're terrible at the moment. Uh, nah, but, you know, if, if if you want to, go for it. But I think I'm the only one that's going to get eight out of eight. So, folks, walk and talk. They are about encouraging folks to get out walking and talking with others across Australia and supporting females who may have someone in their life struck. From hosting walks to keynote speaking at businesses or schools is where you'll find Craig from BWNT. Follow BWNT on Facebook and start the conversation with your mates today. Yeah, let's move. <laughs> let's move Let's move. on to our next part. It's Wild Fantasies. Uh, score trades we're considering. I did really well in my head-to-head this week in NRL Fantasy. I got 800, 700-odd, 800-odd. Uh, which was still under par. I think 900 was a good score this week. Had a few players I brought in. I've sold Egan Butcher this week uh, to bring in Jacob Preston, save me a bit of money. And also I have brought in Payne Haas and sold Ruben Cotter. Just with that injury now, I think he's got to be a sell two to four weeks. You can't be holding him in your team for that. Uh, Super coach brought in Wade, Wade Egan to cover some hooking role for me, but now he's out for a week, so not going to be great there. Luke, how are you going with it? Mate, I'm I'm so confused. I'm coming seventh in the comp that I'm in Oh yeah, with you. Yep. I uh, don't know how many people. Seven out of eight, so like I'm not last. <laughs> Woohoo! You're not last. I'm still trying to work it. I think I've made one or two trades yep. since the season started. Yeah, it, it's confusing for me. <laughs> it, it is. It, look, uh, a lot of it, th- this should be down your alley, mate. A lot of it relies on stats. A lot of it is uh, your tackle breaks, you know your line breaks. and Yes, it, it should be down my alley. But, you know, I just, last week I forgot. And I think I was lucky <laughs> last. I only lost by, I mean, I lost, but I only lost by 70, 80 points. Yeah, which I is still not bad. Scored, 
I scored 690 and I didn't even make a change. I completely forgot about it. I was so busy during the week. Yeah. And then the game the game started and I went, oh, I haven't done anything. Ah. So I was like, I'll write it out. And, yeah, still got scored 690 and it wasn't even the lowest one. Like well done. Aaron scored 658. Yep. DK scored 624. Yeah. Caden got 558. So, like, I'm not sucking. <laughs> no, you've done really well. And then I got 800 odd, but. You know, that's all right. Yeah, uh, uh, 794, <laughs> you didn't crack 800. Oh, sorry, yet. 794, not <laughs> yeah, 800. Yeah. But it's getting to that stage of NRL fantasy where you want to have four or five trades, but you can only make two. It's so difficult at the moment. I've got a few mm. injured players. Danny Levi is sitting injured now, and he's gone for 10 weeks. So, But, yeah, that's our wild fantasy segment there. If you're on NRL fantasy or super coach, get them rounded. Lots of fun. No AFL this week as our AFL boys are out and we know shit all. Let's move on to our talking points segment. Now, the first thing I had, I want to do a bit of a deep dive into the Melbourne store. What is the matter in Melbourne at the moment? What is going on? Because last season, we saw that stretch where they lost four games in a row. And it, as people call it, it's un-Melbourne-like. The, the Melbourne of old, the Melbourne of Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Greg Inglis, Cooper Cronk, they, they didn't lose two in a row. They didn't lose three in a row. They certainly didn't lose four in a row. What is going on in Melbourne, Craig? Can you elaborate for us? Oh, I mean, they've been in the top two teams for the past 15-odd years. They're about you know, the players they've produced and brought through the system. I just think that, you know, you can't do it forever. And I, I don't think necessarily think it's anything they're doing wrong culturally. Yeah. You're not hearing bad headlines or anything along those those types of things. Been talk about Bellamy retiring for the last five years and then he keeps hanging around another year. I think this will be the year that he'll go. And well so, sorry, interesting you say that. They they're talking about the eighteenth team and they want Bellamy to coach it. So sort sort of do what they've done with Wayne Bennett. Yeah, okay. Which will be interesting. I mean, he'll be pushing Wayne Bennett's age. He'll be about eighty. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and who even knows where that will be? So, yeah, that's right. Uh, I I'd like to see the uh, bring. I've got a mate who runs the bring back the Adelaide Rams page, so I'm oh, I'm nice. on the Ram bandwagon. But um, got to bring back the Bears, mate. Central Coast Bears. Yeah, I know. I, Get him going. I, I miss the old, miss the old North Sydney days. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that you can't do it forever. I don't think that's all it is. Yeah. yeah, Luke, do you think that the loss of players this year was a massive impact on the form of Melbourne? Because when we look at who they lost, the Bromwich brothers, Felice Cafusi, Brendan Smith, that's some big names, and it's massive for their forward back. I was definitely just about to say that. I think that, and it's not even it's not even just losing players because teams can lose one player and then you know bring a guy up and he might yeah. never be the same, but he can still make an impact. That's right. They lost their forward pack. Yeah, they lost exactly. the entirety of their forward pack. Yeah. So it wasn't just one player or two players or three players or four. They lost their entire starting forward pack, and then so they've had to rebuild that and get. These new four guys. Yeah. I mean, Harry Grant, Harry Grant's always been there. So like that hooker role, I'm not really concerned about. But their next three front rowers and that that lock position, they've had to then train these guys to basically pick up where the Bromwich brothers and Kafusi left off. And um, they were so, leaders as well. They were leaders yeah. of the club. 
and not only leaders, but their experience yeah. would have been training their new up and coming guys to just take that exactly. out of the club completely. Yeah. Now who's now who's running the who's teaching the development players? Like who's who's that role model there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Katoa's done really well. He's he's come in playing second row, obviously from the Warriors as well. Uh, and Tarek Sims comes with some experience, but you're exactly right. But he's like, old. He, he is old, but. Kafusi, the for me, Jesse Bromwich is the biggest loss for them. Bromwich just has a wealth of experience, and I think that we've seen that at the Dolphins. He's the captain of the Dolphins, and yeah, okay, he doesn't necessarily get tries or anything like that, but the leadership he brings and the experience and the knowledge of the game, you know, he's pushing 300 games, Jesse Bromwich. He's been around forever now, so I, I yeah. think that experience is definitely what they're missing. Mate, just like look at Alex Twelve hasn't scored a single try, played over a hundred games. Exactly. But he's putting in that defensive work for the Tigers every week, and he's showing those boys, like you know, he that he's there to play football, and that's yeah. exactly what Jesse did. He's that leader, and he and he's the captain. Like he, he's he's that. And yeah. Was he was captain of Melbourne, wasn't he last year? Who or why not Jesse? He was he was, was, he, he, was yeah. he was yeah he was co captain. I think Christian Welsh and him were captains. Oh, yeah, but Welsh that's, sat out most of the right. season. So. Yeah, yeah. And so I think I... Hughes and Munster were in there as well. But, yeah, yeah. co-captains, yeah, and all that. Guys, I, I, it's just sort of dawned to me. Melbourne Storm have not been the same since North Luma went there last year when the Tigers Tigers loaned him. Uh, I'm not saying that's why, but, yeah. Bit, <laughs> a, bit, bit of mail actually out today that the uh, Melbourne are watching North Luma's situation and have not been out be signing him. Yeah. I think he'll be there. I watched yeah. North Luma get interviewed last year. He looked happy, happiest I'd ever seen him. He was yep. excited about playing semis. They played one game. <laughs> but when they said, how do you feel about going back to the Tigers next year? And he's sort of like, oh, oh deer in the <laughs> headlights. So, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a request in the off-season that was harsh, that was shut down, rejected. Yep. And I would be it, would, it would be a massive too. coup to have Xavier Coates on one wing and Nofer on the other. I mean... A happy, healthy North Luma. Yeah, is, is a formidable backline there. Yeah. But look, I, I don't think we'll know the answer definitely of what is the matter in Melbourne. Let's move on to our next talking point. When will the Eels and Tigers' first wins come? Now, I know you, you're Tigers fans yourself, boys. When's it coming? Is it this week against Melbourne or is it going to be against Parramatta in three weeks? I no, I think it'll be this week, Joey. And if it's not this week, it'll be the same as last week. I'll send you a text message saying I've gone for a walk to meditate. <laughs> I think I've said that for the last three kick, weeks. <laughs> kick a few stones around on the ground. <laughs> oh, it's oh, gotta be this week. It would be it's nice, mate. Week. I mean for mate, both both teams. We're starting to put some uh some sports bet uh, amounts on for when they'll get their first win. That's what they did for the Dolphins and it was round one. So Luke, when's the win coming, mate? For the Tigers, yeah. I pray it's close. <laughs> I do not want. I do not want to get to round six and come up against the Eels without a win. I'd love yeah. to have one under their belt because I just know that the Eels are going to lose this week to the Panthers, and then the Roosters will beat them next week. So we'll at least have one win under our belt, and they'll have none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and poor Parramatta. I mean, they've literally they had to play Manly off the bye last week, Penrith off the bye this week. Roosters off the bye next week. I mean, I, I haven't seen a start like this in years. They could literally be 0-5 before they get to the Tigers. So the Eels' first win, and look, your boys may come good in the, in the next three weeks. So 
They they could still get the win over them. I mean, Parramatta will not <laughs> not May will. <laughs> Parramatta could go zero and six. Who knows when Paris' first win's going to come? I mean, sorry to all our Para listeners out there. I got a few friends that are Para listeners, but what's the matter, Parramatta? Jeez, boys, I'm I'm going to step up and put it out on the block tonight and say that both Parramatta and Tigers will win this weekend. So. Oh, I like it. Big shout. I like it. Get around the multi lads. Oh, it's great. And the last talking point was Johnny Sattler passed away during the week. Uh, Very sad news. Legend of the game. What he did for the bunnies was incredible. Obviously, Scott Sattler, son. Scott is his son. Yeah. 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 And obviously, we know what Scotty Sattler did. Broke my heart in 2003. Great tackle out there against the Roosters in the grand final will be replayed in history forever. But just, yeah, uh, with the family of Johnny Sattler, wish you the best and our condolences. What a player. No, sorry, Joe, I was just going to say, uh, John Sattler, a lot of people wouldn't know him. Yeah. You know, younger generation wouldn't know him. But for me, he is what rugby league was built on. He was the most, he was a warrior out on the field. He was a, a real fighter. You watch, you watch some of the, the old highlights from him. And as you yeah. mentioned earlier in the show, that broke his minute. Uh, broke his jaw three minutes into a grand final, stayed on and played. That will never be done again in this day and age. And back then, but, you, didn't, you didn't have the green whistle. You didn't have anything to no. numb the pain. He played that whole grand he final with a broken jaw. Through and, and was influential in the win. As yeah. tough as he was on it, he was a lover off the field. He, you know, The stories you hear about him. I met him once in 2004 when his son Scott played for the West Tigers, and it was just wow. a very quick handshake. He was there with Scott after a game at Campbelltown one night, and – yeah, heart, you know, feel for Scott because you can see that they were very close together. So may he rest in peace. Yeah, definitely. You know, boys, it doesn't get much better than watching sport on a Sunday arvo. However, sometimes you need a snack. And now, with Gibson's country-style jerky, your snack needs are complete. With a wide variety of flavours, including teriyaki, honey-soy garlic, mild chilli and pepper steak, Gibson's has all your jerky needs covered. Get your jerky at gibsoncountrystylejerky.com. Follow Gibson's Country Style Jerky on Facebook and Instagram. And now, if you use the code PODCAST, you'll get 10% off. Gibson's Country Style Jerky for the snackaholic in you. Uh, and that's it for our Talking Point segment. Let's move on to a bit of fun now. What I had was best rivalries in sport. Obviously, a good example was the Roosters versus Rabbits. Is there a rivalry for you, Craig? Any sport that you've watched over the years that just sticks out for you? One that you go, oh, I love watching that game. Oh, at the moment, it's whoever the Tigers play each week. <laughs> you love watching that game? <laughs> oh, well, I like it first. I like, I like it when they run out in the field. <laughs> but Tigers, I mean, uh, good good rivalry for you guys always being like Manly or the Bunnies as well. Mate, uh, I was about to say, back, back, well, even back in the early West Tigers days. So mm-hmm. when I go back to when I was 17 in Canberra, 17, got my license for peace. The Tigers always played South at Leichhardt. And it didn't matter where each team sat on the ladder. It was people standing on top of the hill, 19,000 at Leichhardt. It didn't get any better. And then we stopped playing them there for some. Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, that's all I got at the moment. Sorry, guys. I'm stuck in the Tigers. That's all right. It's it's been a great rivalry. I I know before the Tigers joined with the Magpies, when they were Balmain, some of the clashes they had were brutal. You look at those players, Steve Blocker-Roach and Benny Elias, always came off the field with blood on their faces. So Manly were always good. I mean, Manly, I think, is the rival of everyone. They're a rival of Manly fans. So uh, 
Mook, did you have a big rivalry in sport that just makes you so excited when you see it? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, just before I say it, going off the like the Tigers South at Leichhardt, during the week, best mate rings me and he's talking about the commentating of the Cronulla game saying, um, you know, how good the Cronulla fans are and how good it, oh no, sorry, the dogs game and how, how good their club is. And he said, um, in the last 10 years, the doggies can barely fill their stadiums. Yet Leichhardt Oval is full every single weekend, no matter who we're playing, you know, Leichhardt Oval, when it's a game at Leichhardt, the stat, the stands, the hill, it's completely packed out. So I have to agree with you there, Craig. Um, Joe, I think, yeah, exactly. Joe, I think you know my answer. Greatest rivalry, the Ashes, Aussies Ooh, versus England. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. it's it's up there. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, Mitchie Johnson back, and you know Brett Lee. Then you had Shane pass. Watson. Yeah, you had Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad for the Pommies. You know, I think it's and it's a five game series. Yeah, five days of test. You get to watch it. Uh, some years over Chrissy, other years during the middle of the year. I think it's, I think it's amazing. Like cricket over Christmas, it's nothing, nothing better. Watching that, watching that first ball, hearing the clap coming in on Boxing Day, especially as well. Oh yeah, Boxing Day test. Yeah. Oh think, yeah. yeah, MCG is good. The G packed on Boxing Day, nothing better. And that's a great yeah. I mean, the Ashes, what a rivalry that is. Um. For me, I mean, there's a few. You you look at Rugby Union and you got the Wallabies against the All Blacks. That's always massive there. All Blacks have such a good record as well in Rugby Union. I don't watch a lot of Union myself, but when I do, that's always a game you want to get around. Obviously, for me, Roosters Bunnies is huge. Being such a devout Roosters fan and growing up as a Roosters fan, it, it was brought into you young. When, when you're a Roosters fan... Your hatred for Souths is brought into you when you first start supporting. You know, my pop, he was a massive Roosters fan, and he's like, we don't like South Sydney. Like, listen here, <laughs> listen here. We don't like South Sydney, all right? And you can never, you can never, I mean, I tip him now, you know, but that's because I tip with my head, but not against the Roosters. But you can never support South Sydney. I'm sure if the AFL boys were on here tonight, they'd probably say this one. Like, I was lucky enough to go to this game I don't know, years ago now at MCG, and that was Carlton versus Collingwood, 80,000 yeah. people, and grudge match, yeah, it was great. Yeah, also Adelaide Crows against Port Adelaide, also massive. I, I had a mate who was a massive Adelaide Crows fan in the AFL, and he hated Port Adelaide, hated them. And I think it was just because they were both from Adelaide, but Port Adelaide was the richer club. Uh, and so, you know, your, your country boys love the Adelaide Crows and hated Port Adelaide, but... Yeah, mate, there's been some great rivalries in sport over the years. Going back to cricket, one for me that's always stood out is fast bowlers, West Indian fast bowlers against everyone else. The West Indian fast bowlers of the 70s, you'll get Kirtley Ambrose and uh, you know Malcolm Marshall and all those sort of boys. The, how ferocious they were when they came into bowl. It was scary stuff. Even watching highlights, I'm like, imagine... Facing that and facing that with no helmet. I mean, yeah. body line tour was insane. And those West Indian bowlers for me, they were top notch back then. But there's some great rivalries in our sport. Some great shouts there, boys. The next thing we had was some viewer questions. We only had one this week and it's actually a voice memo. And it comes from a mate of mine named James. And he sent this in. I will just play it and we will see if we can hear it. 
It goes, Big Sue, just submitting a complaint of how badly Joe and his goons have been picking them so far. I was on top of the table last week and thought to heed the advice of the rock infringement, so I chose your tips and went down a fourth on the ladder. Pick up your game, boys. So uh, we just give a shout-out to James there. Don't apologise. We gave him plenty of warnings last week. <laughs> and we said, <laughs> we said, do not follow our tips. First thing Luke said to me when I sent it to him, he said, we gave him disclaimers, and we did. James, we love Sounds you. Sounds like a James problem. <laughs> it's a James problem. We love you, James, but do not follow what we say because apart from me, no one else is a guru, mate, you know, and even I'm not hitting the tip. So, yeah. This is my week, James, mate. Follow me. Follow me. <laughs> oh, that's a big shout. Big shout. <laughs> big shout there. So, Craig's getting eight from eight. So, listen to what he said and do that. But, yeah, massive shout out. Thank you, James, for sending that in. Love you, mate. And that's all we got time for on the Ruck Infringement Podcast today. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Blokes Walk and Talk and Gibson's Country Style Jerky. I'd like to thank our guests. Obviously, Caden and DK can't be with us anymore as they had the rush off. And to Lukey and Craig, thank you for jumping on, boys, and always being such a big part of it. To you, the listener, thank you so much. Couldn't do this without you. That's Luke. Craig's down there. I'm Joey. Remember, stay puffed.